Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Friday, December 11th. We've got a really fun show for all of you listeners as we are joined by Jensen Brooksby to talk about his decision to leave Baylor and turn pro. Of course, for some of you listeners who may have forgotten, Brooksby was one of the top American juniors and one of the top juniors in the world. He was the 2018 Kalamazoo champion. He won a main draw match at the 2019 U.S. Open after qualifying for that event and had already earned a top 300 ranking on the ATP Tour before making what was at the time a surprising decision to head to Baylor, spend a season at college. Of course, uh, injuries unfortunately plagued Brooksby during his time at Baylor, so we never got to see him play a dual match, but it was great to get to talk to him about his college experience, what those few months being on Waco's campus meant to him. Of course, what else he's been doing these past 12 months? He's uh, a guy who has had a couple of injuries, so he hasn't played any pro tour matches. He has a protected ranking coming into 2021, and he is very excited to get out on the pro tour. He talks about the work he's been doing on the court, the work he's been putting into his body off of the court as well. It's a really enjoyable conversation. He also talks a little bit about some of the hobbies he has developed because certainly, you know, you go to college for the first time after being such a high level junior, you get that experience, and then we all have developed new hobbies during these past nine months of COVID-19. So it was really fun to hear more about the personal side of Jensen as well. This is an interview I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Just quickly, before we get to that interview, I will remind you all the reason this is made possible because of the incredible support we get from you listeners day in, day out, because of the support we get from our Patreon family, and of course, because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports and Aero Bar. You're going to find everything you need from a tennis equipment standpoint at MidwestSports.com. It's also a perfect place to do a little bit of gift shopping this holiday season. You have friends, family in your life who you know are as into tennis as you are. Go to MidwestSports.com. Find a little bit of something for them. You use our promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off your order. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. And best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. Of course, for the only tennis-specific energy bars in the business, more potassium than a banana. And the way to just get that extra boost on that court, that extra two, three, four, five percent that you know is going to bring out your best performance. Uh, go to the only tennis specific energy bar in the business. Our friends at Aerobar, you use the promo code CRACKED30, you'll get 30% off your order. And again, we live by a motto here at Crack Rackets. Look good, feel good, play good. Midwest Sports, Aerobar, Crack Rackets. All right, with that in mind, let's get to my conversation with Jensen Brooksby.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Joining us on the Cracked Interviews podcast once again, you may know him as the 2018 Boys 18's Kalamazoo champion. You may also know him as a former world number 266. I know him as the player I most wanted to see play for the Baylor Bears in 2020. Unfortunately, that is not going to be the case as he has recently announced he is going to turn professional, and I'm sure all of us pro tennis fans so excited to see what he can do. Jensen Brooksby, welcome back to the show. How are you holding up, my friend? Thanks, Alex. Uh, yeah, um, I'm doing well right now. Uh, excited to excited to talk to you. I feel like after turning pro, that's a monumental decision. That's got to be a weight off the shoulders. You've got to be floating right now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it wasn't a you know it wasn't an easy decision either way. You know, there's there's, you know, there's positives for both, but I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to go out there and compete. Yeah, and I know I speak for all of us tennis fans when we say we look forward to seeing you back out there. And I obviously want to talk Thank about you. your decision to turn pro, but you know I think the place we have to start, and unfortunately it's a place we start so many of these podcasts, these past nine and a half, ten months have been unlike anything any of us could have expected. And for someone like you who was in his you know first year of college, was really in a transition period, am I going pro, am I going to stay in school? Uh, I have to ask, what, is the, what have these past nine months been like for you you holding up you're staying safe and healthy yeah yeah it's all good here in sacramento uh it, it's been crazy though since since january uh you know because I, I started school in january and then my my college uh, experience ended up being cut short to just two months with with covid and and since then i've only uh, i've actually only traveled out of uh out of town for two weeks total since since march so it's been it's been just you know just a lot of training it's been it's been pretty crazy but it's going good for someone who has spent so much of their life on the road right playing tournaments going from city to city when was the last time you had a nine ten month period where you didn't play an event where you weren't competing on court with something on the line i mean never honestly since <laughs> i started playing it's been it's been it's been crazy i'm used to you know being gone a couple weeks out of the month and now i've had you know, it's nice to have a lot of time at home, but but obviously I I really miss uh, being back out on the road and playing again. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to ask, what are there any things maybe you've taken the time that since you've had it to start up, maybe new hobbies, anything it might be? Because again, for someone you you can't win Kalamazoo uh, at the age of eighteen if you're not dedicated to playing tennis to becoming the best player you can be day in day out. I imagine, as you mentioned, to have nine months to sit around. Probably finally got through the Netflix catalog, but you know any other cool things you were doing over these past nine months? Yeah, exactly. Uh... The, the, this is not a new one, but uh, I uh, I love playing piano. So I have an electric piano now at my, at my new house. So I I love playing that often in my free time. So. Are we talking Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart? Are we talking a little bit more Ooh. recent? What what's the move for you? Yeah, I like a lot of classic stuff. I mean, yeah, like I love the sonatas, like Mozart, Beethoven, or even or even like more pop stuff too. Like I love clocks, and I love like the Final Countdown and songs like that. Entertainer, so a lot of yeah, different I, stuff. I feel like Bach doesn't get as much credit as he should. I feel like we, we've That's forgotten true. about him in the hierarchy. He's the Andy Murray of the big four. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, very, that, very good. yeah, that would be my Bach equation. That's about as deep as I can get on that, though. But no, that is so awesome yeah. to hear. And yeah, you're going to have to send me over some tunes right away uh, yeah, because I am sure. all in on that. Yeah, that, that, that is so awesome to hear. And, you know, again, for you being in college uh, those first months, I guess we can talk about that because, you know, the last time we spoke, you were weighing. It was post-U.S. Open, I believe. You had uh, won Kalamazoo. You win a match there in, 20, uh, in 2018. You win a match at the U.S. Open in 2019. You're committed to go to Baylor. And obviously all of us were wondering, were you going to end up going there? Would you just yeah. end up turning pro? You made the decision to head to Waco. Uh, what led to that choice? And then ultimately, again, you had a six-month experience there. What were your biggest takeaways? What are the things you remember about that time? Yeah, so I the main the main reason why I ended up uh, going to Baylor for the first semester was I wasn't quite ready yet. The pro grind, you know, this week in week out, I didn't realize I was, I was strong enough in the gym and on the court, like to be able to bring my best level week in week out. So I, I really, I really, uh, you know, I loved Baylor. I loved uh, I loved being able to, you know, at least the the mindset going in to be able to. You know, just play some college matches, keep developing my body, and I'll keep getting stronger and better, and then, uh, and then eventually, and then go on the tour after that. Was my mind, mm-hmm. my thoughts? Yeah. Going. But yeah, no, I, I'm sure. Uh, again, you, you just to be on campus during that those first two months had to have been a blast. I know you had some health issues, but it's funny you talk about your body. I, this is a really stupid question, and feel free to be like. Alex, you're right. That was a dumb question after I asked it. But look, I was a college kid once. I went into college at age 17, turned to 18 that first October. I uh, I know uh, you're obviously a little bit further than that, but I was still growing. Uh, you know, I was growing my sophomore year. I remember uh, at that point, we I lived right next to this, this one of my favorite sororities on campus, and it's icy outside. You know, you're in Ann Arbor. I'm walking on the sidewalk. I see some people are out on the front lawn, and I just completely face plant. And it's because I didn't have control of my limbs. I was still growing all of these different things. Anyways, the reason I bring that up, uh, obviously you're, you know, you just turned 20 years old and I know you were listed at 6'2", but I feel like, you know, word on the street, 6'3", 6'4", uh, that puberty still had a little bit left with you. True or false? No, definitely true. Yeah, I'm definitely a, a late grower. I was, I was definitely a smaller kid throughout a lot of my junior career and like at 18 or so, I, I think I'm, I think I'm almost or at 6'4", right around there. So I've definitely... And body-wise, I've definitely been a late bloomer, like my dad, actually. So, <laughs> No, I mean, hey, there's nothing wrong with that. In the modern game, 6'4 seems to be that magic number, and you talk about that physical development you did at Baylor. I'm curious what that looked like for you. What has the process been? Because I know you dealt with a turf toe issue. I know you've had some nagging injuries here and there, but just you know, physically, what has this past year of development, having some time away from competition, You know, what have you been doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, the the turf the turf toe was like bone bruise mix in, uh, in late mid, early December or mid December. Sorry, was uh, I was I was definitely rough. That was definitely rough. And then I was in a I was in a boot to start out at Baylor for the couple months and uh, like a month and a half. And then yeah, I was it was rough on the body. Uh, you know, I I couldn't get to do all the training I wanted to when I was there. Like especially leg wise, I I still would do all the fitness I can with them to seem otherwise. But, uh, but, but then after then too, it's just about, you know, just getting healthy, just like still, even if there's like something else in the body going on, like I still just need to go out there and do my day and compete the best I can to have that mindset ready for, for next year. And I feel like it's been, I've been, my game's been getting better lately and I, I feel ready to go. 
body wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, I, I'm sure you haven't had, you know, or I, I suppose you haven't had the chance to show it on the pro circuit yet, but playing those practice sets, being in practice with that Baylor team, and obviously you guys had a ton of talent last year, and, you know, the results may not have reflected that, but it's because none of you could be on the court at the same time, and I'm just curious yeah. what you thought of that college environment, what it did for your game. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I was really, I was really looking forward to playing. So obviously, it was, you know, unfortunate. Uh, you know, I was, I was hurt then along with COVID, but it was, but it was a, it was a great, it was a great atmosphere there. Um, you know, I loved, I loved being able to train with the guys, and you know, it puts a little extra, you know, gives you a little extra motivation and fun with it. And uh, a couple other guys were hurt then too, but it was fun watching that team compete, and I was, you know, I was looking forward to be able to play with them that semester. Mm-hmm. True or false? Had you not gone to Baylor, you would have been an Oregon Duck. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. That's whatever. I'm sure you've gone back. You've watched a lot of Joey Harrington film these past, you know, nine months. You're just like, what else is there to do? Yeah, exactly. I have watched a lot of a lot of Oregon sports, Oregon football. <laughs> yeah, that's again, that's the word on the street. But no, that is so awesome. And again, to get to see that level of competition. And I know for you, and this is something we've talked about. Um, you know. There was a lot of brouhaha, a lot of Michigas from people. Oh, you know, would would you have played during the college season? Would you have just shown up for NCAs? I think that answer is a pretty unequivocal false, right? You were ready to be committed to that Baylor team as soon as you were healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's false. I'm not, I'm not like that. I, I mean, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have played like every single match, but I would have, I definitely would have played more than I would have played more than NCAs, no doubt. And I was ready to. Uh, you know, I was ready to go in there with with the t- with the guys and you know compete for that championship. Mm-hmm. Well, then with that in mind, because obviously you know that season cut short, and you know yeah. there were questions: Were you going to be back? Were you not? We were texting a few weeks ago. You were still on the fence, and you know you have now announced that you are ready to turn pro. And I'm curious, what led to that decision? What have you seen from yourself? What about this moment has you ready uh, to go fight out there on the pro tour? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest reason is my. I feel like my body's been. I've been putting in more good fitness work and I feel like my body's more ready to and and my ready and my my game I feel has improved in the last year as well too definitely so I, I just I just think I'm ready to uh go out there and compete week in week out mainly it's the biggest reason Mm-hmm. And look, you already have three futures titles on your name. As I mentioned, you had reached the top 300 of the world by the time you had headed off to college. When you say you have development in your game, let's just get into the specifics. The forehand, the serve, the backhand, maybe you're moving forward. What are the things you have been focused on improving uh, to get yourself ready to turn pro? Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be you know all throughout the game. Like I feel like my forehand especially and also the serve have really – I've really, I've really improved them a lot lately, and I've been doing a lot of, a lot of practice sets and training, and I feel like I'm, I'm hitting them, hitting them a little better, cleaner. So I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully showing that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in that 2019 season, I think you went 30 and 11 overall in pro circuit matches, and look, oh, that wow. is. That is, yeah. <laughs> hey, great shot to you, as we say here at Crack Rackets. And obviously, that wasn't just, you know, futures level. That was winning three qualifying matches, winning that first round match over Burdich at the U.S. Open. That was, you know, making, I think, a, a couple of quarterfinals at the challenger level as well. And just having had a year to compete uh, at the pro level, what did you learn from that 2019 experience? And, you know, did having a year under your belt help you this offseason? 
Yeah, I definitely think that was that was my first full year of being able to play some like good pro matches, especially with some challenges mixed in there. So it definitely gave me a little more experience at the level, and you know, just like just seeing my seeing my games ready for that, and just gives you some mental mental boost, and it definitely definitely helps going into this year, so I can still reflect well to back then, even though it seems like a while ago now. Yeah. Well, I'm, what's the biggest difference you've exceeded at the highest levels of juniors? Uh, obviously, you were around some of the highest levels of college tennis. What's the difference between those guys at the challenger level, at the you know ATP level, that then uh, you know those guys you're playing at the top junior level? Yeah, I I think the biggest difference is more is more mental than anything. Just like you need to you need to stick to your strategy mentally, like just point in, point out. You can't you can't give up any points physically or mentally, and it's just I think it's doing. It's just being able to give that, give that intensity both ways at a at a higher percentage. It's is is a lot tougher in the pros compared to like back in back in the junior matches and even college. Mm-hmm. To jump onto that answer, because you are someone who's had a lot of success physically, right? Wearing down your opponents—that's a big uh, predicate of your game. Uh, having a six foot four frame now, I'm sure you've added some muscle to it as well. Uh, what are the things you think you need to do out on court to, you know, better impose yourself? Is it, you know, the serve? Is it winning free points? What are what are the things you think make the difference for you moving forward? Yeah. Mm. Without giving away the full treasure chest, you, you know, you don't yeah, have to give sure. away, you know, I've really been working on that inside in forehand. That's going to be the ball I go for every fifth shot. Like, you know, you know, you exactly. don't have to get that specific. Give away the strategy. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think it's still sticking to that same mind, mind frame. Nothing's, nothing's changed. Uh, you know, it's like we're like where the opponent, you know, where the opponents down, move them around, like you said. But, uh, but just now I think I'm more physical, so I'll be able to like, be able to you know move more and better myself so I'll, i think i'll be able to stick to that strategy and do it better and you know you know hit think of my strokes you know strokes a little more power than before as well so, mm-hmm. have that. you have you watched either the burditch or basilish Vili highlights since highlights uh on youtube yeah they're you know what's you know what's funny is i saw they're, they're only like two minute videos <laughs> I know it's and ridiculous. I was disappointed too. I'm like, you know, I wish there were like eight minutes or something more, you know, but because they only see see like three points. But yeah, I I, I have seen them a couple times because those were pretty much my last matches, even though they're a while ago. I still remember them <laughs> very well. The, yeah, the reason I bring that up is because having not had, I mean, I'm sure you're simulating match play, playing sets in practice, and you're in Sacramento. There are plenty of other uh, tennis players, I'm sure, in the area that you can find to hit with, but yeah. how much of it has been film study, just having the chance to be like, you know what, let me go actually watch myself play, see what it looks like. Yeah, j- just a little bit, honestly. Not, not, not too much, because it's been mm-hmm. It's been a while ago. I mean, I, I still, I'll still look back at it once in a while to like see almost like if there's like a their men, mental lapse in the middle, or even just things about my game that like strat like what strategies work against who, or you know what plays, and just try to work on that. But a lot, a lot, a lot is just trying to trying to improve my game on the court. Honestly, we're just right now. Mm-hmm. Are you someone who likes to watch a lot of tennis off of it? Will you watch a Federer, Djokovic, whatever highlight? Yeah, I don't. I don't watch a bunch, but I'll, I'll watch. I'll, I watch like the finals, and I'll, I watch like, like you know, the good matches like that. Yeah, if you're that good, you don't need to watch it. You see it every day. That's fair. That's fair. Exactly. I like it. I, I, like I, I play a lot of it. I like watching other sports. Yeah. 
No, again, it's a, it's, it's a fair move. Completely understand that. Well, uh, the reason I ask if you've been watching it all, and I'm sure you have followed it, even if not watched it directly, uh, and I'm curious if this at all weighed in on your decision to turn pro, is two guys I'm sure you know quite well, Sebastian Korda, Brandon Nakashima. Uh, they're also inside the top 300. They are guys who have had so much success over these past you know 12 months on the pro tour, and I'm curious because I, you, you, know, you can give me the pc answer but we're all tennis players we're individuals we have benchmarks we have rivals if this guy yeah. is winning the national event you want to beat him and win the national event and so i'm curious if if you watching their success has it all i don't know got you a little bit antsy you're like you know what i think i can go do that too yeah i mean it has honestly i mean i mean i, I wouldn't say it like it made it like it had any effect on like my decision to go pro right now but it's but i, I definitely i've definitely I've seen the results and, you know, it makes me a little motivated to, uh, because I believe I can go out there and do that as well. And, you know, that's good for them to, to, uh, you know, have those good results. So they've definitely been improving. And, you know, I I hope I'll, uh, you know, it's, it's given me motivation. Yeah. No, for sure. I feel like Brandon's a guy you had to have played a thousand times in the juniors. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of battles, and even from like down the twelves through through the eighteens, and and even since. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, does it surprise you to see not just Brandon, but just all of these young guys having success? Or I mean, again, I I haven't gotten to see you in practice, but it sounds like you're feeling pretty confident with the growth in your game, and we've obviously seen the growth from them. Is that, you know why do you think you guys are having success so so quickly? Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of the a lot of the young. You know, players' games are pretty good, and I'm not. I'm not really surprised at seeing them do well right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, they are all. It's fun to watch again. I think that's why we're all so excited to see you back out there. Uh, and again, enjoy yourself. Uh, to get away from the tennis, and again, you, you talked a little bit about the uh, playing piano and what that means to you. But I'm curious. You got to experience what two and a half months, maybe. I'm curious when they made you move out of Baylor. But what was it like your time on a college campus? Yeah, it was it was two months. So it was like it was early March when I had to go back mm-hmm. home. But uh, but it was it was definitely a lot of fun because I've been I've been homeschooled since sixth grade. So it was definitely exciting to be in like a, a real school atmosphere, especially like college atmosphere for a little bit, and uh, you know go to a couple parties and you know besides the training school and uh, you know just interacting with the guys was was something really fun for me that I wish had been for five months at least rather yeah. than to cut off. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, if you know, if Baylor plays Oregon at this point, who do you root for? In tennis? In anything? Uh, I mean, oof. I mean, I mean, tennis, Baylor, no doubt. I mean, but <laughs> yeah. other sports is oof. You know, maybe, maybe Oregon, honestly. <laughs> so explain the fascination for our listeners. Yeah. Okay. So, so my dad grew up in Eugene and went to college there and lived there until he was twenty-three. So. That, and I've I've been up to their campus a lot with him when I was younger, and even like up to college just to watch football games there. So it's 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 through my dad that I why I love them, why I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. So if they're on the football field, it's they're both teams are looking really good. It's a playoff game, two versus three. What where's wow. your heart go? Uh, honestly, Oregon. I don't think that any of the Bailey guys would like to hear that. 
but <laughs> can't lie about the heart, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, hey, we appreciate the candidness always, absolutely, and uh, yeah. you know, I know, I'm sure for you, just getting to be around the guys, uh, that had to have been fun as well to be exposed to all of them. Um, again, just, it was. S- some of those teammates, I, I'm sure you're still close with. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still talking to a few of them definitely, and you know, staying in touch with them, and uh, you know, I hope to go back there once in spring to visit them all again. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hopefully again. Yeah, hopefully uh, we get a vaccine at one of these points, and then we can all travel a little bit more freely. Well, you know, exactly. as you look, yeah, as you look towards this 2021 season, and I know for you, uh, part of the reason you haven't been playing late is so that you can use your protected ranking, get into events when you want to start or when you can get going once again. What do the first few months of 2021 look like? Obviously, we need to know when the season's going to get going. But are you ready to start rocking and rolling come January? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be ready to play tournaments in January. I mean, none of us really know exactly what the schedule's like right now, whether, you know, but whether it's a couple UTR tournaments or, you know, or 25s or when the challengers come out, I'll uh, I'll be I don't know what events I'll play yet, but I'll I'll, I'll definitely be ready in uh in January to start Yeah, so you'll play UTR events though, even if it's, you know, a non ATP sanction just to get the match play. I think at the start I might Definitely, yeah. Other other guys at my academy have also throughout the last few months, so I might do one or two also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has yeah. has it been nice? How how many practice matches would you say you're playing a week? How many days are you getting out there playing sets? I mean, sets wise is uh, probably like two day two days a week, honestly. Some, but like it'll be like multiple sets in those days. But but even with the other days, there's a lot of like situational point play in the in the academy training. So that's a lot of, a lot of good points. I'm sitting in our Cracked Racket studio, a.k.a. the garage of our house, and uh, it's freezing in here, and I'm just thinking Oof. to myself, God, I could do six hours on the tennis court today. Like, that would be just delightful. Although I guess, it, you know, it's a different six hours, I suppose, than your six hours. Maybe that sounds a little less delightful for you. But, yeah, again, so looking yeah. towards 2021, are there any immediate things you're hoping to accomplish? What, you know, what do you hope to take away from these next? I'm sure you set short-term, long-term goals. What are those goals for you over? Over these next you know few seasons yeah uh i mean first uh no matter how many practice sets i'll play it's still not nothing like like you know like tournament matches there's just you know it's a different you know intensity a little little nerves things like that so uh, i ha- and i haven't played since november so i'll definitely be playing a lot of tournaments to get you get used to their matches again and short term is uh you know i'm, I'm not really gonna put any like short-term result uh goals or mindset on results right away just because it's been so long since i played so i'm just gonna just try to go in with a free mind at the start and you know see how it goes but you know a few months in i you know i, I want to I, I believe i can continue the momentum i had from from 2019 and you know keep rising and you know hopefully hopefully make the slam qualities next year to start out and, and you know just you know you know, hopefully win challengers and just, you know, keep rising up the ranks for next year. Yeah, no, I think that is something we're absolutely all looking forward to as well. And, you know, a big one too. just, you know, we want to see you healthy. We want to see you back on court as well, of course. And I'm just trying yeah. to imagine, I feel like at this point, probably six, four, you've definitely got the mullet going down the back of your hat. You're just, I feel like, <laughs> like couth. you know, you haven't had to play a match in months, so you don't have to show yourself to anyone important. And it's just probably unruly at this point. Yeah. 
It is. It, it's it's unusual, but I'll. So let's be ready to go out there and. Yeah. No, that sounds like a victory to me. Absolutely. Well, Jensen, again, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us here. We hope you stay safe, stay healthy, uh, and of course, you know, good luck during this 2021 season. I'll look forward to watching you on court. Awesome. Thanks so much, Alex. Yeah, of course. Take care, man. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with Jensen Brooksby. Of course, we will be wishing Jensen luck safety, health, as he resumes his pro tennis career. And I'm telling you, uh, Nakashima, Korda, we've all jumped on those bandwagons. We've seen how good those youngsters are. Brooksby's right up there with them. It was always a matter for him of being healthy, being on court. And now that he's 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", it's added to that frame. Uh, That's a very scary prospect. So very much looking forward to seeing him back on court. And a huge thank you to him for taking the time to chat with us today. Of course, we've had so many great conversations here at Crack Rackets of late. If you have missed anything we've been doing in the college tennis world, our college contender series, I think we've talked to six of the head coaches of the top 10, top 11 programs in the country heading into this 2021 season. Uh, of course, if you've missed any of those, you can find them on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed. Matt Stachowiak, Chris Halioris, and I talking about all of those teams on the Great Shot podcast feed as well. Of course, on our Cracked Interviews podcast, we've had some phenomenal guests of late, James Blake, Jean Michael Gamble, and more. Uh, so if you've missed any of those, be sure to go check them out. And of course, if you've missed anything we're doing on the website, CrackedRackets.com, our college can Contender Series, Next Gen 2.0 ATP Series. Uh, of course, uh, we've got Judson Wall working on a couple of different pieces as well. Uh, some really fun stuff. So, you know, just set that website, crackrackets.com, as your homepage so you don't miss out on anything. And if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at crackrackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an any job they do day in day out shout out as well to our friends at midwest sports and aerobar go to midwestsports.com use that promo code cr15 go to aerobar.com use the promo code cracked 30 but with that in mind for our wonderful guests jensen brooksby our super producers fligner and westoff our friends at midwest sports and aerobar and all of us here at both cracked rackets and the Jan- tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex Gruskin. you know what we say that's the break we hope you enjoy your weekend thanks everyone 